one side you have it, a Hilton Garden Inn. On the other side you have an Aloft Hotel, which is by Marriott. Two mostly upscale hotels. Which one would be better? Which one would be the best value for the dollar? Which one should you stay at next time? We're going to talk about them. See which one is going to come out on top on this competition between a Garden Inn and a Loft. Hello everybody, my name is John Bornoff, and I'm your host for the Travel Fun and Adventure Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about travel. Whether you're traveling with kids, whether you're traveling with pets, or whether you're traveling maybe as an empty nester couple. Most of all, what we do try here is to find you the best value for the dollar by giving you honest reviews. We try to you know, give you great helpful tips for traveling to ensure that you have a fantastic trip, yet it's economical so you don't end up bringing the trip home with you for you know countless years so today we are going to talk we're going to go head-to-head battle between a hilton garden inn and a loft hotels but first we have the news of the week first of all sas airlines that's scandinavian airlines will be launching new copenhagen to jfk flights on february 9th now sas also European to U.S., Norris Airlines will launch new Paris to JFK flights on March 26th, which will be beating JetBlue to the punch. JetBlue is also planning to add flights between the two city pairs this coming summer. It's going to be tough going for Norris in this market because not only do you have Air France, you have the aforementioned JetBlue that's going to start service, but you also have but you also have French B that provides low-cost service between the two city pairs. However, they go into Newark instead of JFK. So there's a lot of competition. And, of course, it's always been a difficult market for low-cost carriers. So we'll see how well Norse does in that market. Don't forget, Norse also cuts substantially its winter schedule. Though there's concerns about exact, the exact performance of the airline. Meanwhile. Singapore Airlines will now be offering two daily Airbus A380 flights between Singapore and Sydney, Australia. However, that comes with them cutting the A380 out of flights from JFK to Frankfurt, Singapore, and replace it with a 777. JFK to Frankfurt is a fifth freedom flight for Singapore Airlines, so you can fly Singapore Airlines from JFK to Frankfurt. And then it continues on to Singapore. However, Malaysian Airlines will be cutting service from Kuala Lumpur to Brisbane. However, it will keep its existing service to Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, and Adelaide. The Tata Group, which besides owning airlines, they also own Jaguar now, and besides their own Tata Motors, they they bought out Air India, which is an interesting situation because Air India used to be owned by the Tata Group. Then it was taken over by the government, basically a forced government takeover. And But then the Tata Group has now bought it out after Air India ended up with a bunch of financial issues that will probably continue. However, the Tata Group also owns Vistra Airlines with Singapore Airlines. 
and they will apparently be merging Air Indian and Vistra Airlines. So they'll create one big, you know, one carrier that won't have multiple carriers anymore. Meanwhile, Qantas is relaunching Brisbane to Tokyo flights. As Japan reopens, they're getting more flights back. However, on the bad news front, during the holidays, there are potential strikes at EasyJet in Europe, Air France, and TAP Portugal, along with all three major U.S. carriers, although it's not expected that the U.S. carriers will actually go on strike. How did well did things go for Thanksgiving weekend? Over 7,000 flights were delayed over the Thanksgiving weekend, so didn't go perfectly, but it could have been a lot worse. So Air Canada is making some adjustments to its schedules. Between Vancouver and Newark, it will be going from daily to twice daily. However, they're replacing their 787 Dreamliners with 737 MAX planes. So definitely a drop in the quality of airplane on that route. And it will completely drop service to both Dallas and San Jose and cut the frequency on flights from Portland to Portland from Vancouver and from Vancouver to San Diego. United Airlines is delaying the restart of San Francisco to Hong Kong flights until March. Hong Kong is still having its issues, and they just opened their third runway at the main Hong Kong airport. However, there's not a whole lot of traffic right now. Its main airline, Cafe Pacific, continues to suffer. We just talked about Air India. Air India is cutting many domestic routes and going to focus on its more, its biggest domestic routes along with its many international routes. Air Seashells is adding flights to Kazakhstan, which is kind of an unusual market for them. Unexpected, but if somebody wants to take some an unusual air route, there is one for you. Hyatt Hotels is going to acquire Dream Hotel Group, which is a lifestyle brand, and they have hotels in both Asia, United States, and Europe. And Enterprise and Alamo have opened their first locations in South Korea. So they're continue to expand. They recently expanded in other areas too. Meanwhile, Frontier Airlines has cut out phone support. So you will no longer be able to call Frontier Airlines to get any service. I think I'm going to do a full podcast on this and the other proposal to outsource flight attendants on another airline because I, I could see serious problems with Frontier cutting out their phone support. Now, Breeze Airways, which I recently did a review on, they don't have any phone support either. However, that works if their their website and their app works well or their text to or their texting service does. So that is something definitely I think we need to talk about. So we'll go definitely in more detail on that situation. Finally, I did mention last week about Alaska Airlines and their new into redone interior on their 737-800. Now, I, my initial thoughts were it was kind of bland, kind of looking like a, you know, not much better than, you know, say American Airlines and their bland gray and white interiors are pretty boring. However, I did see a video on the new interior and it does look better than American Airlines does. So they're not quite at that level. So I will give Alaska Airlines credit for that one. However, it's definitely not as nice as their old interiors. So that's the news of the week. Not a whole lot of news this week. So now we're going to move on to this battle between a garden inn and a loft hotels. Now, first thing I have to say is they're kind, in one way they're very different because 
The Garden Inn we're talking about is an airport-adjacent hotel in Tampa, Florida. Meanwhile, the Aloft Hotel is in the Brickell neighborhood of Miami, definitely in a you know big urban environment. So you definitely have some changes there, differences there. However, when we go through this list and we're comparing these hotels, we're going to compare them for what they are. It wouldn't be fair for the Garden Inn to be rated against the loft as far as where it's located, that kind of thing. So I will definitely go over, you know, some of the things I feel that are most important and talk about. And in the end, we're going to rate them for the type of hotel they are. So we're going to start off, of course, as we always do, with the website and the app. And in both cases, both, well, basically Marriott and Hilton get A's on this category. I have never had a problem with either one of their websites. They perform very well. Their apps do very well. In fact, I say Hilton and Marriott are two of the best as far as keeping track of your stays on the app because some some of the brands, number one, it forgets who you are after a day or something. Not always very good. But in this case, the Hilton and the Marriott, I have never had a problem with. So I'm going to give them A's. Really good. Because those two things are so important if you're going to make reservations and you want to keep track of your reservations. So neck up, check-in. Here I'm going to give the Garden Inn a B. Overall was pretty good, except the guy was not really friendly. He was efficient, asked all the right questions, gave me, you know, gave me a choice of rooms. But he could have done it with just something missing there. Meanwhile, the Aloft Hotel, I'm going to give a 5 to. It was a great experience. The person was very friendly. Everything you're going to need. Gave you basically all the, you know, all the basic information. Plus the fact that he smiled and friendly and chatty and everything you like to see in a good customer service. Next up is the room size. Both hotels are going to rate the same. They're going to rate a C. They're rating a C for being average for what they are. One, a hotel in an urban area. The other, an airport-closed hotel. They're pretty average. As far as the room size goes, though, a loft was better, mainly because it was a more open floor plan. With the Garden Inn, I had a, in both cases, I rented a queen bed or king bed with a sofa bed. And both had desks, you know, working desks. The main thing the Aloft Hotel had that was better than the Garden Inn was the openness. The Garden Inn, you had, you came into the room and there was the couch and the desk. And then you had the bathroom. And then you went into the, into the next section of the room, which had the bed. It just felt really small and broken up. Even though square footage wise, it probably was comp- the same size as the a loft hotel, but it just felt smaller. But size-wise, they were about the same. It's, it's what you expect. Up to date. Of course, what we look at is, does it have lots of power outlets? Does it have USB ports? You know, the stuff that you're expecting these days. And with the Garden Inn, it's going to be a C. They did have some power outlets. They had more than, you know, some of the, some older hotels. But it wasn't a great selection. There wasn't a lot of plugs. However, you will never be short a plug in the Aloft Hotel. That place had so many plugs. 
the bed frame, well, not the bed frame, but the headboard of the bed, had four plugs on each side of the bed. Plus it had, of course, plugs where the desk was. It had plugs everywhere, so very good on the plugs at the Aloft Hotel. Next up, maintenance. I'm going to give them both A's because both rooms were in excellent condition. I had no problems on any feet, anything about these hotels. They were excellent. Very good maintenance. Good to see because some of these higher-end hotels had a little issues with in the you know especially since covid started but definitely everything was perfect here next up is room cleanliness once again both get a's they were both very extremely clean very good the public areas i'm going to rate a loft public areas as an a now as you if you listen to this podcast a lot you know i've been kind of hard on true by hilton because it kind of seems like they're going the decor and what is offered at the True by Hilton seems like they're trying to go after like hip, hipsters. You know, they got the pool table, they got the wallpaper with that looks like, you know, a bar, that kind of thing. Well, Loft Hotel also has that. Plus, it has a lot of pictures of, you know, stuff of. You know, there would be, I guess you would say, would be from South America, Cuba, those kind of places, which is the market, a lot of their market. The difference is between Aloft and True is the Aloft Hotel that we're talking about here is in a hip area that's very hopping. So, yes, this is the type of spot hipsters probably would go to because, you know, it's in a hip area. It fits in with the character of the neighborhood. That makes all the difference. With the Garden Inn, I'm going to give it kind of a B. Some of its public areas just look dated. Some of the wood treatments and stuff scream 1990s. So they're going to get a little, you know, they're just going to get a little lower rating there. Breakfast. You know, when I was thinking of doing this, I was like, you think about breakfast at hotels. And isn't it sad that the higher in the hotel, the lower the expectations are for breakfast. It just seems like that is so backwards, but it's true. So the Garden Inn does offer breakfast, except you have to pay for it. It's like $20 for one person or one or two people. Doesn't matter because it's added to your room charge. It's like $20. However, the Aloft actually had a cooked breakfast, a warm breakfast. They had eggs. They had sausage, they had bacon, plus they had the, you know, usual stuff, toast, bagels, they had cereals, they had all kinds of stuff. I was not expecting the Aloft Hotel to have an actual breakfast, so they're definitely getting an A. Was it the best hotel breakfast I have ever had? Actually, it was pretty good, but I would say not the best, but they had one, so they get an A. The Garden Inn gets a C because they have it, but they charge you for it. Next up, transit access. Now, once again, the Garden Inn is an airport-oriented hotel. Therefore, I don't have high expectations to have transit service there. However, it does have one bus route that goes by nearby. You have, you know, you don't have that far of a walk to it. It's not a very frequent route, probably hourly, 
Might be half. I think it's hourly service through there. So nothing to write home about, but hey, at least it has some transit service, I guess. However, the Aloft Hotel gets a big A. You are one block away from the Metro Rail Station, which you could take the Metro Rail directly to the airport, or you could take it to Dadeland South. You got shopping mall, you got restaurants, so really good service. However, right adjacent to the Metro Rail Station is what they call the Metro Mover. This is a people mover system. This is a second to last stop. It's about a block, actually a block and a half from the hotel. But you can take it to downtown. You can transfer it to the Omni Loop, which goes to the north, goes to museums and stuff. And it's a really convenient service. Runs every few minutes, automated system. So excellent transit service just on the rail lines. But then you also have several bus lines that serve that metro rail station. So pretty much you can get almost anywhere in the Miami area to serve by their transit system pretty simply. So definitely an A. Walkability, it's an airport. The Garden Inn is an airport-oriented hotel. So there is not high expectations for walkability when it comes to the Garden Inn. And it does not disappoint. Now, there is a sidewalk trail. It's a multi-use trail that runs runs along the street to the north of the hotel. So the Hilton Garden Inn is on what is called North O'Brien Street. And then right to the north of the hotel, it connects in with West Spruce Street. West Spruce Street is the one that has the bus service on Route 10 and 32. And West Spruce Street does have a multi... It starts off as a sidewalk, becomes a multi-use trail. However, I would not consider it very walkable. You have the approach to the airport that is just across the street from the entrance to the hotel. So you can walk along the street, but it's along vacant land along a high-speed highway. However, once you get to the past that area, there is several restaurants and other hotels in the area. One thing that is disappointing is a brand new Hyatt house was built just to the south of the Hilton Garden Inn. So right against O'Brien Street, there is the Town Place Suites, which is also which is a Marriott. And then behind it is the Hilton Garden Inn. Well, to the south is a brand new Hyatt house. And they did not require this Hyatt house to put in sidewalks, which I'm kind of surprised about. A office building located right across the street from the Town Place Suites that they obviously had to put in sidewalks when it was built because the sidewalk just dead ends, but they didn't require from the Hyatt House. However, I will often say that once you get south of this Laurel Street, which is right where the Hyatt House is, the neighborhoods kind of turn into a little sketchy in some ways. So I don't know necessarily if you would want to walk in that area anyway. However, once you got to the corner of Laurel and O'Brien, you can go down a Laurel Street to the west with sidewalks, but there's nowhere really to go. So yeah, I'm going to give them a C because it's kind of what you expect. Walkability for the Loft Hotel, of course, A. I mean, you couldn't walk to everything from the Loft Hotel because you got restaurants, you have transit, you have convenience. There's a 7-Eleven right across the street from the transit station. Everything you're going to need is in walking distance. And there is sidewalks, so it's really good. Next up, the overall grounds. And I'm going to give them both A's for the grounds. Now, of course, being an urban hotel on the aloft, 
There's not a whole lot of grounds, but they are nicely maintained. And the grounds of the Hilton were also very nice. Next up, parking. Unfortunately, this is where the Aloft Hotels is not going to get a good rating. I'm basically going to give them an F for parking because the only option you have is valet parking. Now, I will say this. It's not that expensive. It's $25 a night, which you're talking about in the heart of busy Miami. So the price really isn't that bad, but it's just the fact I'm not a big fan having to valet my car. I just, in this case, I only had the rental. I took a rental car the day I arrived, but I also returned it that day. So the eight, the Garden Inn gets an A. I mean, there's a parking garage right behind the hotel. However, there's also parking spots because I was leaving early the next morning. I was, I got a room right by the on the first floor, just to make it convenient. Nice thing is, I just walked like five feet right to the door and walked outside, and there was parking space for my car. And even when I got back to the hotel about 11 o'clock at night, there was plenty of parking spots. So definitely they do great on parking. Character. I'm going to give a C to character on the Garden Inn. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just average. I mean, average what you expect for an airport-oriented hotel. The Loft I'm going to give a B to. The Loft Hotel, I believe, had to be something else. I believe it was something else before it was Loft Hotel. So it's not you know, their standard character. And I thought it was nice. It was, it had some character. It was a little different from everything else. Of course, it's also hard in the heart of the brick, you know, high, hip Miami. So you kind of expect it. It's going to have some character. Pet friendliness. Garden Inn, once again, is going to get a C. They do offer, you can keep your pet there. However, it is a $75 fee, like a lot of hotels. And they, they say they have pet-friendly rooms, but they're not very specific on which ones are the pet-friendly rooms, how many pet-friendly rooms they have, or anything like that. And as you know, if you've heard our reviews before, there are some places that say they have pet-friendly rooms, but are limited to one or two rooms, so it doesn't do you much good. The Aloft Hotel, however, I'm going to give a B because it will take dogs or cats up to 40 pounds. Okay, that would be a pretty big cat, but it'll take dogs up to 40 pounds. I did not find anything that said that there was a price for the dogs. And I forgot to ask when I was there because I didn't have my dog with me, so it didn't really matter. But it is a very pet-friendly hotel. It's a pet-friendly neighborhood. You always see people outside walking their dogs. And to tell you the truth, I think at least one person in there had a dog that was much bigger than 40 pounds. It was big. But it was a friendly dog. Family-friendly. I'm going to give a C to the Aloft. They have either rooms that are going to have a king bed and a sofa bed or two queen beds, but no sofa bed. So if you've got a big family, that's not necessarily going to work for you. So that's why they get a C. I'm going to give the Garden Inn an A because it does have rooms that are more family friendly. They also have adjoining rooms. So for families, the Hilton Garden Inn definitely works better for you. Convenience of location. Now, once again, when we're talking about convenience of location, we're going to rate each one of these for what they are. First, I'm going to do the Aloft Hotel. And obviously, if you heard everything else I've said, you probably figure where this one's going. It's going for an A. Excellent hotel for convenience of location. If you, As I said, with the Metro Rail, the Metro Mover, you don't really need a car. However... If you're in Miami, you're probably thinking about going to the beach, 
this may be a nice alternative to, you know, actually being on the near a beach motel, which probably costs you more money. In fact, I know it would. Even if you put a car in the, you know, you rent a car and use the valet parking, getting to Miami Beach is not that difficult from this location. And traffic in downtown Miami was actually better than driving in some of the suburban areas of Miami. In fact, yeah, anything be better than some of the suburban areas. It was stop and go in most of the suburban areas. So convenience of location, fantastic. It's an A. I mean, it just is great where it's located. Now let's get to the Hilton Garden Inn. And once again, this rating comes down to what this hotel is. Airport-oriented hotel. Is it convenient? Heck yeah. It was three minutes from the hotel to the car rental center, where you take, from there you take a people mover to the airport. It would only be like seven minutes all the way to the airport. So extremely convenient. So yes, for what it is, an airport-oriented hotel, it scores an A. Check out. Both get A's. Check out when very smooth in both locations and don't have a single complaint there. So what it comes down to is value for the dollar. Who has the best value for the dollar? Unfortunately, value for the dollar at the Garden Inn is going to be low. And the reason for it is because there is other hotels within close by that offer comparable services Garden Inn for less money. You may have a five-minute drive to the rental car center instead of a two-minute or a three-minute drive. But, you know, just within a couple minutes, there are several other hotels in the area. You have Hampton Inn, of course, which is also a Hilton. You have La Quinta. You have the Hyatt. You got Town Place Suites. You also have another Hilton going in the Home to Suites, Spring Hill Suites, Ramada, Marriott Tampa, West Shore, which is actually probably more expensive, but... Also, about within a 10-minute drive, another um, Hampton Inn, you have a double tree, and several of these are less expensive than the Hilton Garden Inn. So, unfortunately, I do have to rate it as a D for value for the dollar because there's less expensive options, and they're not that far away. For the Aloft Hotel, I'm going to give it an A because not only was it a fantastic place, perfectly located. It was actually less expensive than most of the competition. It was less expensive than some of the lower-end hotels in that area. The price was fantastic. So it was a great value for the dollar, especially when you consider all of its other benefits. So yeah, for value for the dollar, the Aloft Hotel wins. So who won? Which do you think won? Was it the Garden Inn or the Aloft Hotel? Each one won in some areas. Each one did bad in some areas. But when it comes down to it, the winner is... Actually, it's a tie. When it comes down to it, these hotels tie. Because they both offer have some really great features, of, you know, great stuff about them. And for what they are, an airport-oriented hotel and a downtown area-oriented hotel... They do their jobs, and they do them well. I would definitely stay at the Aloft Hotel in, in Miami again because it was great. Now, my first, the last time I stayed at a Loft Hotel was actually in Portland, Oregon, and I was not, it was okay, but it wasn't, there were certain features of it I did not like that much, and I think the difference is here, I don't think this was built as an Aloft. It was built, you know, as another hotel and eventually got rebranded as an Aloft, 
where the one in Portland was definitely built by Marriott, or actually back then Sheraton, as a loft hotel, brand new a loft hotel would. So there it is, a tie. This is the first time we've had a tie when it comes to one of our comparisons. Both did excellent. Have you stayed at either one of these hotels? Have you stayed at another one that you think was a really good stay? Let us know on our on our Facebook page, on our Travel Fun and Adventure Facebook page group. We also, of course, are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have our Travel Fun and Adventure website, all for your convenience. We're here to help you have fantastic trips. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please get on to whatever service you're listening to this podcast on. Please give us a good rating. We appreciate it. Tell your friends about this. Tell them that you're getting some great stuff out of this. Because we're here to help you, provide you with the great travel information you need. So you can have a fantastic trip. Hope you have a great week. Plan some fantastic journeys. And I will talk to you next week.